Hello everyone and welcome to Bloomscast. My name is Seth, aka Phantasma Blooms, and I'm coming to you pre-recorded from the Observatorium. As always, I thank you for tuning in today. Now, before I get started in here today, I'm going to give you all a little bit of a content warning just because we're going to be talking about something really heavy. As of a year ago yesterday, my mom had... It's been a year since my mom had killed herself. And about a year ago, I did a podcast episode talking about how I felt about it, you know, like what was going through my mind, everything that we did, and just trying to be an empowerment to people that were going through a similar situation. And I wanted to come back through and do a kind of retrospective of sorts where it's now been a year. You know, how am I feeling about these kinds of things? You know, what kind of challenges did I face in the aftermath of all that? How did I go about, like, coping with the grief? All that fun stuff. And I really just want to say off the rip, if this is your first episode of Plume's Cast, genuinely speaking, please go listen to something else. (laughs) Just because, like, listen to another episode. Because this one, usually when I start coming up with ideas for podcast, I'll come up with a couple of quick bits that I want to talk about and just marinate on those thoughts for about a week. And then when it comes time to record, I'm just ready to go. As you all know, I don't really script any of this. But I didn't do that this time. I wanted to give you the most raw, passionate version of, you know, being... I guess someone who's survived his mom, you know, not even considering the fact that I've survived my brother and my dad, but just, you know, the aftermath of all this and how I feel in the most natural way, you know, just because I feel like the more I thought about it, the more I felt like I wanted it to be very much empathetical to everybody who's going through a similar situation. If you're going through a similar situation, I hope some of the words of, you know, my thoughts and everything else I'm about to tell you resonates with you and makes you feel like you're not alone in what you have to deal with. I'm going to be very upfront. If you have lost somebody due to suicide and you are just coming out of it, dude, I need you to know right now, it is not your fault. None of what has happened is your fault. Sometimes, at the end of the day, no matter what plagues the person, whatever, you know, is running in the back of their mind, they thought at that moment, this was the best option. It wasn't a your decision type of thing. And I want you to know that in your healing... You cannot blame yourself. It's not fair to you. So, let me take y'all back about a year. You know, let's let's review the facts of what had happened. About March of last year, okay? I had got I was off at a conference. I was off at a business conference. And I was, you know, it was my first big conference with the company that I'm with now. You know, we have a program known as Epicor that we support. And every year they do a major conference. And I had gone with my boss and one of my coworkers. It was kind of a big deal for me. Because I... This was like the first opportunity of which I could prove, you know, my knowledge and... My ability to talk to people and to, you know, socialize and to get information. Like, because I was going off to my own meetings. I was going off to my own presentations. I was, you know, trying trying to do my best to prove that here I am. I just left a... I guess I hadn't just left. But it had been a couple of months since I've been with the company. And, you know, this was my big opportunity to prove to myself too that I wasn't the same little kid that I was when I walked in the building the first time. This was my first, like, mind you, going from my previous job of being an IT administrator to what I was doing now, it was very much a, I'm the one that's taking the charge here. I'm making decisions, like big decisions on all this stuff. And I wanted to prove to myself, especially 
that I was worth the time and the effort and the money to get me into one of those big-ass conferences, you know, where I could network and just get a bunch of information out. I was probably about a day into it when I got a phone call saying that my mom had basically failed a wellness check and she was in the hospital and, you know, the running test on her. And I remember running back to my hotel room and in that very moment I felt as though I had regressed down to the child that I was. You know, not to say that, like, I hadn't grown across the time, but, like, instantly something was wrong. I pulled myself out of the situation. I'm like, I'm sorry. I need to get back to my hotel room. I need to make some emergency phone calls. I might need to leave tonight. The craziest part about all this is my boss had driven us. You know, it was a state over. So my boss had driven us. Dude, I swear to God, I was not even to my hotel room and I was looking at you know airport prices and how to get to the airport and where the nearest airport was to fly down to where my mom was I remember finally getting to talk to her she wasn't eating she wasn't doing well at all you know she to her it wasn't a big deal you know to her she was just trying to live life things were a little bit harder because she had recently lost her job and, you know, she was in, in like, in between jobs, but also w- actively working towards that new job. She was getting a certification that was required for it. And, you know, it seemed as though my mom was on the right track. Something might have been off here or there, but everything compared to what it was, was better. You know, my mom was starting to become self-reliant. Now, to kind of go back a couple of years prior, when my mom left for Florida, she went in the most selfish way she could, okay? She, when my brother and father passed, she sold most of their estates, you know, almost all of it, kept the money from my sister and I, and also had two different donation pools of sorts coming in, and she also got, you know, money from family, money from, like, other people, like, easily had over $100,000. She received that money, kept it, and ran. We, now mind you, my sister and I helped get her down there. She had a job lined up down there. She was working alongside the CEO of a very famous and well-known company. She was like assistant to her making 65 K a year. My mom somehow proceeded to fuck that up. You know, I don't know if it was because of how she acted around the CEO's family at one point when the, you know, family came and she was getting a little too involved. I don't know. I really don't know. But my mom has always had the gift of You know, when things start getting a little bit rough, somebody comes through and pulls her out of it. And again, in looking back to all this, in that moment, she had people coming and helping her and taking care of her. She always wanted somebody to take care of her. You know, and I understand it. Looking at it from a broad broad perspective, my mom never really had to work. You know, ever since she was 21 and she had my sister, she was a stay-at-home mom. But, you know, to give some difference to all of it, by the time I was 10 years old, my sister had, uh, you know, was going towards college, and we had just moved to Georgia, and my mom had kind of drastically changed. The mom that my sister and brother had was not the mom that I had. And come to find out, you know, and it's weird, I found this out about, like, a couple of hours ago, the main reason I was here was because my mom and dad thought that having me would fix their relationship. A little fucked, not gonna lie. 
<laughs> I'm laughing about it, but that's just, you know, how I am handling all of it. Because, I, again, I just found this out a couple of hours ago from my sister. But I find out all this information. And it starts to make a little more sense. Because once my mom was up here, my mom basically went through and did everything else she wanted to do in life. You know, she became head of the HOA for a little bit. She was activities director for a little while. She got her Dewey Decimal Color System, you know, certifications. She was an interior designer for a while. She nearly was a published author. She was a radio host for about two years and had her own, you know, brand that she was building out. She, like, my mom had the ability to be incredibly successful. She just didn't have the will to do it, you know? Like, whenever things got hard, she'd just give up. And par for the course, she gave up when things were starting to get hard. She literally got her certification for whatever she was trying to do. And because I remember seeing the paperwork for it at her house. And, you know, just kind of said no and kind of closed herself off. You know, telling the world that she was fine when she wasn't. And in saying all this, I do feel more empathy towards my mom in her final moments. But then I remember. I remember how she talked to me that last time we actually talked. I was on the phone with her. You know, mind you, I'm in another state. I'm trying to figure out a way to get over to her. I'm freaking out. I'm in tears. Because I don't know what to do. You know, I'm trying to figure out some kind of plan to get down to where she is. And she basically just tells me off. You know, she's like, oh, I didn't want you to know. I didn't, you know, I don't need you. I don't need any of this. Like, blah, blah, blah. I'm fine, you know. And just kind of, like, was dismissive and didn't care. Come to find out, you know, after the fact that... My mom had basically people coming over to take care of her, and she just ultimately gave up, as terrible as it is to say. And in the end, she decided to follow my brother and father instead of being around for my sister and I. I don't know why she did it to this day. And you know, way back when, I was waiting on a message. I was waiting on her last note, her suicide note. And you know what was in it? I will never forget this. It was, to the people that find me, thank you for taking care of the mess. I am sorry my house is a mess. It wasn't that bad. But I am sorry my house is a mess. Please make sure this stuff gets to this person. And feed the cat. Thanks. In her final moments, she didn't think about my sister and I. She decided to be selfish one last time. And mind you, I probably sound selfish in how I'm describing all of this and how it all played out. But when I tell you that I... I tried. I really tried. I, you know, was in contact with the hospital. I was talking with people down there. I kept trying to get in contact with her. Because the one conversation I had before that, the one conversation I had before that, my mom and I had gotten into a very heated argument where I basically laid everything on the line at one point. I was in tears, I was shaking uncontrollably, I told my mom everything that she had done and she had allowed to happen to me. I told her about how her friends molested me, I told her about how her friends abused me, how she abused me, how, you know, she stole from me, how, you know, 
just basically any time that she needed to get away from my dad and they were both plastered, she would run into my room. Mind you, I'm not even a teenager at this point. I very clearly remember playing Kirby Air Rhyme. I was, which is kind of funny, you know, it's like my comfort game and makes sense now why it make like why it's stuck with me for so long. But I remember her running into my room, slamming the door, locking it, and just being like, Bubby, Bubby, I love you, Bubby. And then I'd hear my dad stomping up the stairs, and he bashed, full-on bashed against the door to the point where it rocked the hinges and probably, you know, broke it to some degree. And he's like, just screaming for her to get out. And, you know, my mom used me as a shield when she needed it. And then when she didn't, she threw me to the wolf. You know, I quickly found out how dysfunctional my family was the second my sister moved out. And I had to face all of it head on. I had some inkling of a doubt. Or some inkling of a thought about all of it. You know, when, during the times my sister couldn't really protect me. Couldn't take me out of the house. It was weird. But to face it head on. And take all the blows. Pay Like, that's the thing. Is I genuinely think about all the blood, sweat, and tears that woman has caused me. And, you know, I I told her all of it. I revealed everything. And you know what she said? I'll never forget this. She said, Well, you can believe whatever narrative you want, but that's not true. None of it's true. If any of it were true, that'd be like how I was brought up. And I would never do that to my family. So, you know, uh, you can keep believing that. I need to talk to my family therapist, and, you know, I'll see if I call you back. She never did. It was over a year before I got a phone call saying that, Hey, your mom's in the hospital. Can you call her? From an aunt and uncle that she had manipulated. Or rather... I guess cousins. I don't really know. I don't... A lot of reasons why I don't keep out with my, you know... Or my non-nuclear family. Is because I find out so many different things about what my mom had said. And like... Or my dad. You know, my dad drove a lot of those people away from us with the way he acted. So a lot of people already have this false impression of me. Because of what my mom has said and done. She had manipulated countless people against me. And my sister for that matter. And when these big events happened. it You know, when my mom passed. And people were calling. They immediately, people would be aggressive. And just be like, well, I'm sorry it happened. But really, you should have you should have been in contact with your mom more. Or you should have done this. You should have done that. And when you realize... Like, when you have this onslaught of people who you don't fucking know suddenly calling you and telling you you're a terrible person, bro, it does a lot of damage. But you have to stand up and fight for yourself and say, hey, wait a second. Actually, did you know about this? Or any of this? Or wow, did you know any of that? Oh, wow, that really happened? Yeah, no, it's crazy. You ever see this? Oh, oh, that's what that... Yeah. In the realization that my mom was a master manipulator really starts to come through. When I tell y'all that I had money set aside for that woman, despite the fact of everything she had done, because she would call me and say, hey, I need cash, I need this, I need that. You know, when I was working in a retail shop, you know, she would call and be like, hey, can you get me some wine and some cigarettes? I can't tell you 
how many times I bought two bottles of barefoot wine, the big bottles, and before the end of my shift, carried it to my locker, hit it, went went home, gave it to my mom, you know, when I was living back at home for that little while, before moving out, or she would call after I moved out to do, to deliver wine. But, you know, doing that, going to work the next day, and then being told, hey, she needs more wine. To the fact of when I had to go into the office and, ha- like, consent to a blood alcohol test. Because these bottles of wine shouldn't be, dis- like, I should I shouldn't be buying this much wine. And having to explain to people, oh, no, it's for my alcoholic mom. You know, like, you could say I enabled her. I, I get that. But after years of trying to maintain what semblance of a family I could, I I don't feel like I was in the wrong for what I did. I really don't, you know? And to finally confront her and be like, listen to all these things I did to try and keep the family together when you guys wouldn't. It sucked. It absolutely blew. So to find out the news that my mom was in the hospital, once again, I was springing to help the person that never really helped me much, that inflicted more trauma upon me than any well-meaning parent could. I... You know, I loved my mom. I do. But do I forgive her for what she ended up doing? No. Not in the least. Not because, you know, not because of the action. You know, in that moment she thought that was the right thing to do. But because she probably died thinking she did no wrong. And, you know... Let me tell you something. When somebody dies and you don't get that closure of, hey, you caused all this trauma, it absolutely renders you in such a, like, bizarre state of mind. You're sad, but you're angry. You're depressed, but you're annoyed. You know, and you end up hitting the state of melancholy where it's just like when yesterday came by, you know, in the day before I, you know, usually on the days of my brother's passing on my dad's passing, I do something, you know, for my brother, I always pour out a Fanta because he loved orange soda and I get a lotto ticket and I just, I hang out and I talk with him. For my dad, I put on some of his favorite songs, and I cruise down the road, and I talk with him. For my mom, I had nothing like that. I spent the day, you know, mind you, I had to work, but I kind of just spent the day in a stupor, where it was just like, I don't, I don't know what to feel. Part of me was annoyed. Part of me felt off because I wasn't feeling anything, and... Throughout the day, it started to dawn on me that after all this has been said and done, I still could not come to forgive my mom for what she had done. All the selfish acts that came to tuition or fruition before, you know, this big grandiose moment where all eyes could be on her one last time, you know, and then I have to go through a whole web of lies People accusing me of things I've never said and done. Only to then open their eyes a little bit to what had happened. You know, I I don't have the courage to go and look on my mom's Facebook page. And see if anybody had, you know, said anything for yesterday. I just, I couldn't. Because... People regarded my mom as a saint, even though she manipulated nearly everyone she met. 
to the point where I had money set aside and was ready to jump down there at any point. If she had called before in the past, I'd be on my way down there. Or just at any point. Trying to be the best son I could be because that's what she wanted me to be. Was just when she wanted me, she could call for me. When she didn't and wanted to live her own life, she did. And when it came to confrontation and letting her know that I wasn't going to be her little bubby anymore. I think that might have been what originally caused a shift of sorts. That said, you know, I I kind of went through all the different challenges in very rapid succession there. Just everything that happened over this past 25 minutes. And, you know, I really want to talk about how I kind of coped with all of it. You know, being able to figure out all these extra bits about my mom from people that would tell me about her. And finding out all the different things that she did to wrong other people, for one, and wrong her own family. It's kind of mind-blowing in the worst kinds of ways. What ended up happening as more time went on, I I didn't, I didn't, like, I don't want to say I didn't care, but I realized something. The woman that had pulled the noose around her head was not my mom. My mom had been long dead at that point. That woman acted like she wanted to be my friend instead of my mother. You know, when she moved down to Florida, everything changed. You know, she was dating other dudes. She was going out and doing all these exact, like, crazy things. You know, doing things like getting on strangers' boats and going for drinks and, you know, getting tattoos and all this. You know, under the moniker of regaining her life after he who still mattered, you know, my dad, which was the fucking line she pasted all over Facebook, even though she couldn't give it, like, I really want to let y'all know how much of a manipulator she was. She would post on Facebook about, oh, I miss him who still matters, and all this fun shit on Facebook, when my dad was dying, when my dad was in hospice and homestay, I was the one taking care of him. Do I regret doing anything that I had to do to keep my dad, you know, at least comfortable in his past, in like his last couple of weeks? No, not in the least. You know, some people will be ashamed to admit that they washed their dad's ass. And, you know, cleaned him up. I, I'm not one of those people at all. In those moments, I got like so much closure with my dad. And being able to talk and just understand each other in a way that I wish I had just a little bit more time to explore. I came to understand why my dad became the man that he was. Meanwhile, my mom is just posting sob story after sob story after sob story. Getting donation after donation after donation. Saving it all for herself. And... Actively turning down her own family when it came time for, you know, anybody, like, for her to get any kind of help for, for us, rather. You know, when, and I say that, there was one point where my sister wanted to buy my mom's house. She would let my mom stay there because the house was going into foreclosure. The, my mom wasn't working. She was laying, or just living off the donations. Just spending every day like she used to when my dad was alive. And, you know, she ultimately was just like, oh, you know, I don't want to do that. You're trying to kick me out of my own house. And instead sold the house, moved down to Florida with the proceeds, you know, sold my dad's truck and my brother's Jeep and just kept all the money and ran and had a sizable nest egg of which she gradually dwindled down to nothing. And instead of, you know, and mind you, 
back during the day, if I was out working or doing anything else, she used to just, you know, get on my ass about working. Like, you know, questioning the things I was doing for work. And she'd be like, oh, why are you doing that? You could do, you'd be like, that's so, you know, stupid. You're so, like, that's so dumb. And it's just like, but here she was, you know, just sitting on her ass. Anyway. <sighs> all that to say, in finding out all this stuff, I realized my mom had been long gone. And it sucked. When I casted her down the river, you know, her ashes down the river, I cried. I absolutely cried. It hurt. Nobody ever wants to, like, survive their parents. But, you know, in that moment, I think part of me was willing to forgive the bullshit she did before she moved down to Florida. When she moved down to Florida... Like, she would just tell me about all this money she's making and how easy it is and everything else and everything's so great. Meanwhile, I'm up here, you know, struggling by the the skin of my teeth. And she would laugh at me and be like, wow, that sucks. I wish I could help. Anyway, I got these two new dogs and it's just like, I, it just blew my mind. The woman that she became... Every time she moved was somebody completely different from the person I thought she was. And, you know, I got played like a fiddle a number of times. And in that moment where I was casting her ashes down the river, the same river that she supposedly, you know, cast her my brother and dad, without telling me, by the way, until after she did it, so I couldn't even come down and have a moment with her, I realized... That in that moment, I had become so much stronger because of her. Because of all the damage she caused. I had grown and risen to so many challenges. To the point where, here I am, a learned individual, doing a podcast about mental health and wellness. Telling you my stories in hopes that, you know, maybe you can cling to some of it and run with it. You know? And... In that, I felt a surge of freedom, where this weight that was weighing around my shoulders, you know, what would happen when my mom needed, you know, actual help? Like, that was the thing. When my, when my brother passed, my sister and I told me how, or my sister told me how, you know, she and my brother would joke that she would take care of dad, my brother would take care of mom. And, you know, when my brother passed, it fell onto me to take care of my mom. And I did. I did the best that I could. I feel that fully in my heart until I realized how much she was manipulating me. And then I had to put my own foot down and say, okay, we need to talk. And I was called a liar for everything that had happened. But I still had shit prepared. I still had money prepared. That if she ever needed anything, I could send her a cool 2-3k. Easy. I lived my life partly out of fear of when she would need me. And making sure that I wasn't making any grandiose plans that would stop me from helping her. I had opportunities that I turned down. Like, for example, to go to Japan. You know, to go Work in Japan. I will never forget that, actually. I was interviewing for a teaching and abroad position. I had just aced the interview. I made a really good impression. They wanted to hire me. And they were willing to give me a pretty fucking good pay to do so. And all I had to do was get a couple of suits. And they would cover the plane ticket. They would cover, you know getting my visas set up, all this fun shit. All I needed was a little bit of cash for a couple of suits. I remember calling my mom and not only being told that I was abandoning her and that I was 
you know, leaving her to rot. If I were to do something that crazy. But to say that if I wanted to chase such a delusional dream, I should get the money myself. And, you know, not to call her about, you know, anything like this ever again. She was pissed. Here I was, I was working a job that I didn't like, that, you know, was actively dragging me down. And I found a way to better myself, and I had to turn it down. I couldn't get the money. It was just short and sweet. I couldn't afford suits. Now, mind you, back in the day, I didn't know I could get suits at Goodwill. If I had remembered that and figured that out, bro, I'd probably be in Japan right now. You know, maybe I'd be hanging out with Chris Broad and having a grand old time there. But all that to say, my mom had denied me multiple opportunities throughout my life. And because of that, you know, if you need examples, sports, you know, I was going to be part of the baseball team. I was supposed to be part of track and field. I was going to run cross country. I had chorus You know, I had after-school clubs that wanted... Like, when I got to high school, all right, and I was able to, you know, start managing... Like, really, my mom just straight up didn't give a shit about my life at that point and would actively use me to whatever gain she could. If I stayed late at school, she didn't care. So long as I got home and went out to buy her cigarettes after the fact. You know? Just so she could continue living her pompous little lifestyle. I... I realized, you know, like... I found some little bit of freedom in that. And I wanted to continue exploring more and figuring out more about myself. I had fun when I ran. I liked being part of the track... Or, like, the track and field team. Because I could run fast and I could jump high. And my mom was just like, oh, we can't afford that. We can't do this. We can't do that. But then we'd go out and spend, you know, thousands of dollars getting, you know, certificates that never went to shit, you know? Mind you, when all this was said and done, and I had renounced my mom, I, like, after that big argument... I felt like I was finally starting to regain my life. When I casted my mom down the river, dude, I felt a sense of freedom lifting up over me. Mind you, I had a bunch of bullshit that I still had to go through to get to that point. But I felt free. Like the one person that was weighing me down all of my life. It was gone. And then I found out something incredibly scary about myself. I didn't really know what makes me, me. I didn't really know what makes me happy. I didn't really know, you know, how to be okay. I found myself in such a weird position that for the first time in my life, I had nothing binding me down and I had the world before me. What was there to do? And, you know, I'm still learning that to this day. A year after the fact, I'm still figuring that out. When it comes to dreams and, you know, aspirations, dude, I would absolutely love to, you know, continue doing the podcast, continue doing Twitch streams, continue just being a positive role model for the world around me, making people laugh Making people smile. That is my goal every single day. Be the best me that I can be. You know, do I want to read some more books? Of course. You know, do I want to come back maybe next week after finishing Different After You? After, you know, having that book for like a month? Yeah, and just have a conversation about the things that, you know, the book taught me and how it applies to all this. You know, I feel as though I'm finally starting to figure out Those things in life that truly matter. And I'm starting to build and replace the hurt that my family, or at least my mom, had caused me. 
especially when it comes to relationships, and finding out what makes me happy. I can say without a doubt that the fox wife, my sweet partner, she's what I want in this world. And it kind of took my mom's passing for me to figure out that, you know what? Maybe I can be vulnerable with somebody again. Maybe I can finally allow myself to start growing out of my comfort zone. And sure, did it take time? Of course. It's like, again, it has been a year since my mom has passed. And I'm still learning new shit to this day. You know, when I read books about mourning, sometimes... I find things that resonate with me and just like, wow, I feel heard. I feel understood. You know, I, and I'm thankful, you know, I'm very thankful for that opportunity to finally be able to start from ground zero and say, okay, what do I want to do? What do I want to become? You know, at the end of the day, when I think of my career, I want to continue growing in whatever path I can so that way I can keep teaching. So that way I can keep, you know, bringing people understanding and closer together. You know, bridging the world of communication was always my main goal. But, and doing it through technology was something that came through later on. But I have to, like, if I had to sit and think right now, if I wasn't working in, you know, IT, I know for a fact I would be doing anything and everything I could to build a network of positivity for all the people that have suffered through something akin to this, whether it be familial abuse, suicide, just trauma in general. I would be working towards that. And, you know, of course, I'd probably find another IT job. You know, I love doing what I do because every day I get to learn something new and build up upon myself. Do I occasionally trip up and not have the motivation at times? Of course, you know. But I figured out through my mom's death who I never wanted to be, and that was somebody like her. I never wanted somebody to think, you know, that I manipulated them. I didn't want somebody to think that because of the way I was brought up, I was less than anybody else. You know, when I tell my full story to people, whether it be through the podcast or anything else, and they hear the things that I've gone through, I don't want them to think of me as any less because I had gone through that. I'm proud of where I came from and the things that I learned and the things that I've overcome. And all of that kind of came from figuring out that I was strong enough to step into where my mom had done the deed, seeing all the shit on the wall, literally, and being like, okay, I see this, I understand this. There's big-ass horseflies flying around because there's shit everywhere for them to eat. But I'm here to fix this, and I will. In that moment, I found so much strength. And it's a strength of which I am continuing to nurture to this day. In telling you these stories and, you know, building myself back up, going to the gym, really just rebuilding my self-image and figuring out that, you know what... I'm worth more than just being somebody's pawn. All of that I learned from my mom passing. Because I deserve my own happiness. She chased hers. And when she couldn't find it at the end, she did what she thought was right. And she forsook, like, she did a good chunk of damage one last time in saying nothing about my sister and I. Going through her house and cleaning up and getting that all ready for their landlords, there was like nothing of me and my family. Plenty of stuff of my brother. Plenty of stuff kind of for my dad. A lot of stuff for her new dogs. That was her new family. She had no room for my sister and I. Because we didn't exist in her perfect little world because we were issues of which she had caused upon herself. 
And you know what? In cleaning all that up and getting everything ready one last time, I picked up remnants of my family. The things that I cherished the most. And I figured out something very, very powerful. That when it comes my time to be, whether an actual father or a father-like figure to somebody else, whether that's a mentor or a friend or anything else, I want them to realize that they have in me somebody true. Somebody that's cares about their well-being. Somebody that will drop the world to be there for them. I am very proud to say that I can do that with the fox wife. I can fully devote myself to someone and find the love that I wasn't really given with somebody as special as her. And every day I learn I learn it a little bit more. Just in the way we smile at each other and we make jokes and we dick around. And that's kind of my advice to you if you've gone through anything like this. Like, at the end of the day, you yourself, like, even though their story is over, your story continues on. And you can become so much stronger than they ever thought you could be. Whatever, you know, whatever hurt they inflicted upon you, it's gone. They can't hurt you anymore. You know, are there remnants of that that will come up, you know, in the days, the weeks, the months, the years after the fact? Of course. And I hope, you know, you don't have this aggressive, you know, side of things. That if the person you lost was a dear friend you know what, you will also experience those remnants, but you will be happier knowing that you became something stronger for them. I became something stronger in spite of my mom. I thrive off of fuck you energy. And you know what, every day I'm still trucking along, I don't want to say I'm saying fuck you to my mom, for everything she caused and everything she'd set me up to fail. Because there were times where my mom was amazing. You know, that she helped and she cared. You know, unfortunately they weren't the commonplace at all. But there were times, like the good times still stand out. And the lessons that I've learned from them ring out true. My mom was the one that taught me that... It's up to me to decide how I feel about things. And the second I let somebody else do that, I lost it. You know, she taught me that. And to this day, I keep that lesson to my heart. Because I'm not going to let anybody else... Which is funny. You know, she taught me that and then proceeded to manipulate me. Against my father, against my sister, against my brother. You know... In all different ways. Whatever suited her fancy. But. You know. Now I can hold it true to my heart. And be like maybe the people that come out. And try and tell you all this. Maybe they have their own alternative things too. But I want you to know. That if you have gone through something like this. You're not alone. By any sense of the mind. And you surviving on. Are. A remnant of what that person was. You know. Whether that be friend or foe. You have parts of them with you. And you will find. How you can use those parts. To your advantage. In some regard. In the near future. I promise. My mom inflicted a lot of pain on me. Growing up. And that has soon become the scars. That have become the marking of my strength. I used to say all the time when I was younger that I was broken, that I was worthless, that I wasn't worth anything in this world because of the trauma my family had put me through. And I can say with the confidence now, like, mind you, did I say it just the other day? I'm like, I feel like I'm broken on this and that. Yeah, no, I did. Because to some degree, I still have room to heal there. Actually, to a good degree, I still have room to heal. 
but I'm repairing, I'm strengthening. Things that break can be brought back with so much beauty. You might lose a piece of yourself here and there, but the thing is, think of yourself entirely like a vase. I know this is a weird analogy, but hear me out. If a vase shatters, you lose some pieces. It's just the way it goes. You know, sometimes there's little shards that go flying off that you can never find, that you can't piece back back together. Or sometimes big shards go, you know, goodbye for some reason. But you can put yourself back together. You have, even though you're in pieces, your friends, your family, your loved ones can piece you back together. Even sometimes yourself, you're the one with the super glue. Or you know what? Let's go a step further. The gold. There is a Japanese practice of repairing broken ceramics with gold. Those friends, those family, like that family members that you love... You know, the people you find in your life, the experiences that you have, they bring back all those pieces stronger than when they were originally put together. Somebody can break you, but you can put yourself back together so much stronger than anyone else could ever see, and you look more radiant than when you did when you're fully put together. You lose pieces of yourself in that. You can't go back. To those innocent days. But the person you become. The vase you rebuild yourself into. Can be so much more dynamic. Than what you ever would have given yourself credit for. Beforehand. And you might break again. You might fall apart. You may shatter. But that's just another opportunity. To put yourself back together. And be proud of the you you become. You know, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, you have to approach every misfortune in life with a fine-tooth comb to find the nuggets of things that make you stronger. I am still distraught that I don't have a mom. I will never be able to... You know, I won't be able to have my mom at my wedding. I won't be able to introduce my mom or my dad to their future grandbaby. I won't be able to, you know, share in life's successes and life's failures with a learned individual to figure out what to do next, like I could with a parent. But that doesn't mean... That in those lessons or in those pains, I can't find my strength and to live on stronger than I ever would have more mindful, more, you know, aware of the world around me. I fully believe that everything that happened, even my mom's passing can serve to make me a better person because It makes me more empathetical. And I want you to realize something too. That you don't have to be the one that goes through these traumatic events. You can hear my story and use that to build yourself up. Because you know what? You become a little bit more aware that these kinds of things can happen. And that in itself is pretty fucking amazing at the end of the day. Look, you know... I will say this a hundred times over. I hate the fact that it happened. I hate the fact that, you know, my mom took one last selfish hit out of the world and decided to follow those who were already gone instead of, you know, being here for the people that were. But that made me realize something. That made me realize that there's still so many people in this world that matter to me. That I can continue to become stronger for the people that aren't here anymore. And most importantly of all, I can become the person my mom would never get to see me be. And when it's all said and done and I see her again, dude, I don't know. I really don't know how I'm going to react. I hope by that time I 
reach the same level of understanding as I had with my dad. And I can look back and understand what caused her to do the things she did. There, you know, my mom has given me ample opportunity to learn and to listen and to understand the world around me a little bit better. That even though you have all this stuff and you can live your life however you want to, you can be unhappy. But I fully believe that when I get to see her again, I will tell her I love her. I will tell her that I forgive her. I will tell her that I understand. Because maybe at that time I will. Maybe, you know, the day I become a father, whether that's through my own means or, you know, becoming a mentor or anything else, I'll understand it better. My mom's death has given me an opportunity to see the world through another set of eyes. And I'm thankful for that because at the end of all this, it leaves me a little bit more kind. Despite all the pain, despite all the anger, despite everything she had caused, I believe I walked away from this a little bit more kind and a little bit better of a person. I was thankful to the people that came out and helped. You know, like the landlord and my somehow related aunt. I genuinely couldn't tell you. (laughs) But hearing the things that my mom had told that aunt, or that cousin rather, it's weird. And you know, I probably will never have a good relationship with them because of the manipulation that my mom had caused. But all that to say, I continue on. And I've become stronger, and I've learned, and I've grown. And that, my friends, is the same for you. I hope at the end of all this, you take time and you be proud of where you came from. And the struggles you have overcome in life to get to the point where you're at now. They're not all fun, by any means. You will cry. You will be mad. You will experience so many different emotions about any of this. I hope you embrace them. Don't lock them away. Because the more you can feel, the more you can experience, the more you grow, and the more you shape who you are supposed to be. And I hope, you know, if any of you have to go through this, if any of you know about this, if any of you have had friends, or maybe you yourself have gone through something like this. I hope you understand a little bit more after I've shared my story with you. That, at the end of the day, you keep marching on for those who aren't here. And you become something so much better than they will ever expect of you. I have that faith in you. And I will continue to have that faith in you until you find that faith in yourself. But, whew, good lord, that, that was, <laughs> that was a long one. Seriously, I, I hope this story resonates with you. And, you know, maybe a year down the line again, we'll do a year two rep- retrospective. And just talk about, you know, how everything went. And the things I've learned and the things I've understood. And, you know, maybe next year you guys will share some stories. And say, hey, you know, this is what I went through. And maybe, you know, even though I feel this way, is it valid? Yes, it is. I'm going to give you the cheat sheet right now. It's absolutely valid. You're going to feel a bunch of different ways. And some people may disagree with the way you feel. But you yourself should feel it. Because you, your heart, your mind, your soul have a reason behind it. And maybe you'll find out that answer. Maybe you won't. It's okay. You got plenty of time to figure it out. Just do the best you can today. And try and do a little bit better tomorrow. You can do it. No, you can. But remember, 
You can find me in the night skies across different platforms. You've got Phantasma Plumes on Twitch, Twitter, and YouTube. You can listen to Plumescast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and YouTube as well. And you can email the show directly by sending it to plumescast at gmail.com. That email address again is plumescast, P-L-U-M-E-S-C-A-S-T, at gmail.com. Or if this podcast isn't enough plumes for you, find more topics such as technology and book reviews over at phantasmagoriaofplumes.blogspot.com. That URL again, phantasmagoriaofplumes.blogspot.com. Guys, thank you all so much for listening in, and as always, I'll talk to you again from the stars very soon. Until next time, everyone, be safe out there, and bye bye